Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the 44th episode of Why Are People Into That, the podcast that will totally give you a stick and poke if you think you can handle it. It's a new year, 2017, and thank God, because I was very tired of living in a year that killed Prince and David Bowie and George Michael and Princess Leia and American democracy. But it's a new season of Why Are People Into That, and uh, it's also uh, the holiday, and I'm traveling, and so I'm recording this in a house in Ukiah, California. I can see everyone I love the most in the world from where I'm sitting at my computer, and there's a hot tub I'm going to get back in just as soon as I'm done recording this for you. I didn't bring my H4N recorder or my microphone, so please forgive the less than stellar sound just this once. I'm very excited to be kicking off the year by introducing you to Tamara Santibanez, a punk Chicana tattoo artist and indie publisher. This is part one of our conversation about the art of breaking the skin and the language of the body. Part two will be out as usual on January 15th. You can read an essay I wrote about Tamara and the sexual possibilities of tattoos on the intersectional feminist blog, The Establishment. That's theestablishment.co, not .com. Since it's a new year, I do want to give a little bit of a push to anyone who enjoys the show. If you could head on over to Patreon, which is just kind of like an ongoing Kickstarter, and pledge $5 a month, $10 a month to this podcast, it really helps me to continue to do it and to move towards doing it more often and maybe to move towards doing it exclusively. As you know, I produce this podcast 100% by myself, 100% indie, and I do depend on my fans to support my work. If you pledge to my Patreon, you'll get updates on all of my writing and live appearances and free swag and a chance to get to know me better. So head on over to patreon.com slash Tina Horn. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N gotta make that paper people so get out your latex gloves and saran wrap and isopropyl alcohol and paper towels for part one of why are people into tattoos Hi, how are you? I'm good. Well, I'm a little under the weather. Um, as you know, I just like grossly neti potted. Um, and <laughs> you were very kind to tolerate that. Although I think you have like probably a high tolerance for like viscera and gross things. It's 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 specific. Some of it is I, I'm unaffected by and some of it I am I am not. Um, but, you know, I didn't see you neti pot. I only heard the sounds of you neti pot potting. Uh, so it was not that bad. Good, good, good. Well, uh, I won't, I won't subject, uh, anyone to that anytime soon. (laughs) I don't think. Um, but, uh, I'm so glad that you're here. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've really been looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, so you are many things. Um, you are a tattoo artist and an independent publisher and an artist. Um, and I want you to talk about all of those things. Um, since we're going to talk about 
why are people into tattoos today? Um, maybe let's start by talking about your art and publishing work and then we'll mm-hmm. like get more into the tattoo stuff. Okay. So tell me about Discipline Press. So Discipline Press is an independent, not-for-profit publishing house uh, that I started at the beginning of 2016. So it's just coming up on its first year anniversary. It's a baby publishing house still. Um, happy, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Mazel tov. So, <laughs> um, so I, I started this publishing company because I, I had been self-publishing work for a long time. I have a background in printmaking, so I was doing a lot of editioning for other people, um, printing my own zines, posters, T-shirts, things like that, um, distributing them. And I would get a lot of questions uh, and requests for help from people that I knew as to how to do those things themselves. Um, so I started with doing some compilations uh, of work from people that I knew. And I, I saw a lot of, I do the the Printed Matter Art Book Fair every year. And I was seeing a lot of frustration through people that I knew. Um, just issues that they were having with their publishers and issues I was having with publishers I was working with. And I, as with most new things, I think I just thought I could do a better job. Um so I've been focusing on the the mission of it has changed a little bit as of more recently. Um, but really, the idea is to promote works that connect subculture and sexuality, um, political identity, and personal experience. Um, so that can look like a lot of things. Um, I am putting out a pretty wide variety of things uh, recently and coming up, but. Um, Work focusing on Chicano identity. Uh, I've been putting out interviews, online content. Um, I just put out an interview with um, 18 Deyes, who um, is a science fiction writer who who yeah. writes, um, who's part of an all people of color, Philadelphia-based sci-fi writing collective. Um, so we did a little interview about um, politics and sci-fi. Um I'm putting out a couple books upcoming. I'm putting out a zine for a, a genderqueer artist named Sally Rose, who's also a tattooer. I'm putting out a photography book for an artist named Caroline Schub, who whose work deals with um, her own chronic illness. And I'm also putting out a book in early next year that I've been editing for the last year on redefining sexiness as a political expression. And so you... Uh contacted me about contributing to that and it's called sexiness uh you told me the name uh rituals revisions and reconstructions Mm -hmm. right and so you contacted me about contributing you know like something about like what is sexy to you and you know your personal sexual expression and like i'm just gonna be real with you i get a lot of such requests (laughs) like in my inbox and you know i am at the point in my career where i have I have enough time and like uh, patience to look up most of the people who contact mm-hmm. me about getting involved in their in their projects and you know spending about five minutes you know kind of like googling them and looking at their social media and like seeing what they're about and if I'm about what they're about and like most of the time I'm not <laughs> most of the time I'm like okay cool like unless you can like pay me my rate like I uh, you know am, like can't be involved in your project like best of luck uh but you contacted me and I looked you up and I was like oh this person is really cool like and and that like almost never happens to me where I'm like oh this person is cooler than me (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that okay well well I I, you know I I, you know it's not a contest but uh but you're you're very cool and your work is very cool and you know coolness aside your work is so up my alley in like so many ways and like everything that you just described about your press is so great and like the ethos behind it and uh the people that are involved in it so um uh so yeah so i ended up contributing (laughs) to that and i i can't wait to see it and who else is uh involved in that one Um, in sexiness there are quite a lot actually i think last count um i'm just wrapping up the submissions now but i think there are 45 people in it now um, including people like buck angel is in it um kia labeja from the house of labeja is in it um this artist doreen garner who i'm a big fan of is in it um another artist named hank ho 
um, this uh, woman, Gloria, who does a project called Nagona Positivity Pride. Um, Nagona basically means like big ass. <laughs> well, um, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'm blanking a little bit on, um, you know, there's, there's drag performers, there's um, sex workers, there's uh, people who whose work focuses on uh, decolonizing sex education. Oh there's people who do sex ed for um, people with disabilities. So I, I really have been working hard on trying to make it inclusive and, and trying to um, make make some space specifically for voices that I wanted to hear their perspective about sexuality and sexiness um, that don't get to, to be heard very often, I think. Well, I'm honored to be involved in a project with all of those people. And, you know, and also I, 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 what I like about that is that there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there where people are like, well, let's just like talk about like what's sexy to all of us, but uh, not a lot of stuff that has like the vitality of like, well, why should we make another one, you know, like what voices are, uh, like not being heard on the subject. And I, I just, um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that right. and all your work. Thank you. Yeah. I think it, I, I really do believe in, in what people have submitted and whenever I've gotten a new submission, I've felt really excited that I, what I was hoping to put forward seems to be coming together the way I wanted. Um, well, actually, one of the ones that I'm particularly excited about is that Patrick Califia has a piece of writing in it. That is amazing. Um, Patrick Califia, I mean, Macho Sluts is like my like yeah. porno Bible. Yeah. And speaking. Uh, uh, coming to Power. Coming to Power. That was right. the first and one that I read. Power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. How's, how, how's Pat? Um, Pat is okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not so great. I, but I think, uh, I think he's moving. I think cool. he's moving to the West coast. He mentioned. So cool. hopefully that'll be a good change. Yeah. Totally. But I'm, I'm so excited to be including, including him. I'm, his writing has been so formative for me. Same. And, um, and yeah, I'm so honored that you're in it too. And, <laughs> and I'll take this moment too, to say that I'm totally fanning out right now because the reason I knew about you was because of the podcast. Oh, cool. And then reading your writing also. Um, so to be on the podcast is like bucket list moment oh, for me wow. <laughs> and, and I've had a crush on your radio voice since I first started listening to the podcast. Well, so isn't it appropriate that my voice is <laughs> totally compromised by being super dead of winter congested right now? I think we're all suffering from that a little bit. Yeah, no, totally. Um, uh, well that I just, I feel, I feel great. I feel great <laughs> about that. Um, love all around. Um, so, uh, besides your amazing, uh, publishing and, you know, the visual art that you do as well. So you're a tattoo artist. And, uh, when we were, uh, talking about how you got started as a tattoo artist, I just, your, your story captivated me so much because it, it just, uh, uh, it just made me realize like why from the minute that I met you, I felt like I'd known you for a long time. <laughs> um, uh, so will you, will you tell, will you tell the story of how you got started tattooing? Okay. So I feel like I told this story a lot, but every time I tell it, I still am in disbelief a little bit because it is kind of a crazy story. It's a little bit unusual. Um, so I, in another lifetime, many <laughs> years ago, I was <laughs> really a huge crust punk um and i was living in a lot of punk houses and collective spaces and so the of course i dabbled in doing stick and poke tattoos as many of us did yes um and i really wanted to learn how to tattoo for real um and i was getting tattooed more and more around that time. Um, I didn't have a lot of money, but I was lucky, lucky enough to know people who would barter with me or who would kind of give me a, a, a deal um, to, to but actually being able to get quality work done. And the more that I saw it, the more I really wanted to learn how to do it. So I... And this was, was this in, uh, in New York? Yeah, that was here in New York. Um, that I feel was like probably, perhaps... perhaps you should explain what a crust punk is to any of my listeners that don't oh, wow. know. How I feel like probably there are some crust <laughs> punks out there listening to this show. Like shout out to the to all my crusties, <laughs> but uh, uh, but for those who don't, how how would you define that? Um, 
well, I wore clothing that was made almost entirely of patches. Uh-huh. Um, I wore, I ate a lot of food that I dumpster dived. Uh-huh. Um, I rode my bicycle everywhere and I, you know, had hairy armpits and I uh, believe that showers were like a construct of capitalism oh that was God. like really uncool you are you see this is this is ex- anybody that knows me will know what <laughs> what exactly what i mean when i say that that i that i feel like uh that you know we're 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 kin yes Tamara. yes yeah. you know what that was a time i still that kind I'm of happy. think that about showers I by mean, the way i i agree i there's a lot of those things i res- I still hold very dear. My lifestyle politics look a little different now, but, um, but yeah, you've really look at, you're very uptight now. It's like very, you can't see, but I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing a pantsuit. (laughs) 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 I wish I were wearing a pantsuit. That would be amazing. If you showed up, like you were like hashtag pantsuit nation for my radio time. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, so then the first person to show me how to set up a tattoo machine. Okay, so we, so we had a traveler guy staying with us who was, a, you know, like a freight hopper and he had ride faux free tattooed on his knuckles. Okay. Um, his name was Yasha and he came back to our house one day with a tattoo machine, like a whole setup for doing tattoos. And I was like, hold the phone. You can just go buy tattoo supplies at the store. And so how old were you? I was probably 20 or 21 at that time. Cool. Um, and so he was like, yeah, there's this store where you can just go buy this stuff. And he showed me how to set up a, the machine and he let me do a couple of tattoos with it. And so I, probably like the next day I went in out and I bought a machine um, and I bought all the stuff to, to tattoo. Um, and my thought at the time I was finishing school and I really wanted to get like a like a proper apprenticeship in like, you know, in quotation marks. Um, and I didn't think I could do it while I was in school because I knew it required an enormous time commitment. Yeah. So my thought was, well, I can maybe kind of try it out um, on my own and see if it's something I even think I could do or be good at. And then maybe I'll be a little more prepared when I try to seek out an apprenticeship once I finish college. Um, so I gave a lot of homemade tattoos because I had a lot of punk friends that wanted free tattoos and they sure. didn't care what they looked like that much. <laughs> and I did that. I tattooed out of this punk house called 538 Johnson for a while. Um, and what ended up happening was that I got tattooed. I mean, you know, I, I was trying to be somewhat serious about it. I was looking at a lot of traditional tattoo flash, drawing flash, painting watercolor, um, trying to figure out the right way to do things. And I had a little bit of help from some tattooers that I knew who were supportive. But I, I also knew that you know, scratching as it's called when, you know, when you're tattooing really illegitimately and, um, was, was very frowned upon. Um, and so I was very, so I was pretty private about it. I definitely was not telling most of the people I was getting tattooed by that I was doing that. Um, because of like hygiene considerations um, or is it more like a status thing? Partially, I would say partially both. Yeah. Um, I think people use the, I, I would say more it's about the ignorance. You know, people say, oh, you know, you, you are going to get a crazy looking tattoo that like could get infected or sure. that's kind of the the fear with with homemade tattoos or getting tattooed by people who don't know what they're doing. Um, but you um, totally knew what you were doing. Oh, I 100 percent knew totally <laughs> what I was doing. No, uh, I, I knew some of what I was doing because of watching people tattoo me in shops and f- from my friends that were helping me with a little info. But so I was, I was fortunate in that way. Um, but the, so the, so yeah, so I did a tattoo on a friend of mine. Um, and I happened to know the people who were, who owned three Kings tattoo because I had traded them some silk screening work for getting tattooed by the owner, Alex McWatt or one of the owners. And, um, and I mean, he was like an old hardcore kid I think he totally had me pegged and knew that I was tattooing out of my house because I probably was like oh I think I would I would really like to learn how to tattoo (laughs) he was like well you gotta you know it's a lot of work you gotta be really clean (laughs) so I think he knew I think he knew what was going on but so I got tattooed I kind of had a conversation with him and then 
And then a friend of mine that I had tattooed in my house went and got tattooed at the shop the day after I had tattooed him. And they saw that he had a fresh tattoo and they asked him who did it. And he told them, oh, my friend Tamara did it at her place. So I get a phone call and they're like, hi, Tamara, this is Miles from Three Kings. We saw that tattoo that you did on your friend. And, and I, you were like, busted. I was like, busted. I thought for sure I would. they were going to be like, we're shutting your ass down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but they were like, oh, do you want to come do tattoos here? Like, wow. Um, and so I went and talked with them about it. And they basically probably in so many words were like, you don't really know what you're doing, but you but it looked okay, and you kind of know what you're doing, so you just need some direction and a little bit of help. So I started working there by just by, by appointment um, a few days a week and just charging the shop minimum for everything in the beginning. And I did that while I was finishing school for maybe about six months, and then I started working there full-time cool. after that. Cool. Yeah, and so I now I, – I count when I started tattooing, when I started working there, because that was really – when I properly started tattooing um, yeah. and was doing it consistently. So it's been seven years now, almost exactly. Cool. Uh, and so according to the internet, <laughs> oh, you no. are, it seems like you're known for your like Chicana, like, like old school style, but then also uh, like actually like depicting like BDSM and kink and leather in your tattoos and that maybe you have like a lot of clients who like are kinky people who come to you who like want tattoos of kinky things or like related to that like is that is that accurate or is that like kind of like sensationalized in, in no, the that, coverage that is accurate that's something that I like to encourage um I actually made a listing with the kink aware professionals database oh nice as a kink aware tattooer um, but, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I've tattooed kinky people, uh, with non kink related imagery, Yeah. but I've also done a lot of kink image tattoos, whether that's leather gloves, ball gags, um, leashes, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think, and I don't want to credit myself too much here, but I do think I was one of the first people who was doing that, uh, a lot, um, at least in recent years, um, I don't. At least I don't really remember seeing very much of that being done before. Before so, that, so what got you interested in tattooing that kind of imagery? Well, I was painting that kind of imagery a lot in my own work, and I didn't really think people would be interested in getting it tattooed. So I wasn't making flash of it necessarily intending to tattoo it, but people were asking about the paintings, and yeah. they were asking about getting tattoos. So once I realized that, I realized I could play on existing imagery and tattooing and change it slightly to, in ways that would be more suited. And and I, there's a lot of things in tattooing that are sort of standbys or mainstays of the, the imagery and the iconography that aren't, I don't feel that they're relevant to me. Interesting. Right? I think that they're beautiful and timeless but i don't feel a connection to them so personally can you give me an example like is this like like the sort of sailor jerry style like right like sort of like the certain kind of like white babe body yeah yeah I'm yeah or guessing. you know or like a girl head of that kind um you know i would see a tattoo like that and i'd be like this is a beautiful lady and it's a great tattoo but if I'm going to draw a tattoo that's more fun for me and feels like it comes from me, maybe I'll give her like a Chelsea haircut yeah. and a nose ring. Yeah. Um, or like a, like a collar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, so that was really fun for me to do and, and it still is fun for me to do. Um, but to incorporate those elements into, and, and it was a way for me to personalize it a little bit and bring yeah. my own interests into tattooing. And, and people responded to it really well, way more than I thought that they would. Um, and I think maybe people felt that they, yeah, I guess that they hadn't seen that before or they hadn't felt like it could be tattooed tastefully or, or something. Um, because I had, I had a couple of clients who I, can remember for sure were the first two people 
to come to me and specifically say, I want these very unmistakable uh, BDSM-related tattoos in very visible areas on my body. Yeah. And one was a client of mine who is self-employed. He's in his 40s. He's like a militant anarchist. (laughs) And the other tattoos that I have given him are of like, Molotov cocktails and like churches burning and like cops dying. So, you know, doing a gimp mask tattoo was not really that much of a stretch for him. Yeah. Um, and then the other person was my friend January, who is a trans woman who is very out about being kinky and has um, done, I think, has worked as like a kink professional in the past. Um, so I would say people who gave zero fucks yeah <laughs> you kind of have to yeah but if you're gonna get that but that now kind I think of people tattoo. but now i think people are getting them done in ways that are a little more subtle yeah that f- might feel more wearable to them um maybe a little more of like the coded language aspect of it where yeah. it's not screaming like hey i love getting flogged but <laughs> more of the like if you know you know yeah that that kind of thing is really fun. I do like I, that. I mean, so much of you know, maybe this will get into a little bit of of, uh, of our subject today. But like, I I do feel like uh, it's interesting that you say that because like so much of how like people who are a part of underground cultures find one another is through those uh, like like encryptions basically like through through those codes you know partially because it's like a sense of belonging and Mm -hmm. like a sense of like uh, of affiliation uh but also uh as a way of staying safe right to be able to like indicate your your uh your identity to indicate your queerness to indicate your kinkiness to like indicate uh like who you are to people who like know what that imagery means Mm -hmm. but that like will a like not be like considered obscene or offensive you know like in uh you know average mainstream society but also like won't be uh uh you could like pass undetected right yeah and tattooing is is rife with that type of thing i mean it is a wearable visual language yeah and that that's something i love about it is that you can read a lot about people if you if you even have a little bit of uh, flu- fluency, maybe yeah. in the in the language. You sure. can you can read it and you can pick up information about people, and, and that's like a whole other topic. I feel like I could go on about that um, forever. But but then I think there's then you have the look of being tattooed as a as a whole, sort of like the general look of being tattooed. Um, yeah, and that I think is something that's extremely very heavily fetishized in totally. the ways that that's fetishized has changed a lot over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Well, first of all, I'm sure you know this, but I was shocked to learn that it was illegal to give tattoos in New York City until 96. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I couldn't believe that year when I read that recently. Yeah. You know, so so it's really... Uh, you know, and it was not that long ago to, to the point where, you know, even today, I mean, I think that like people are, you know, experience like a uh, generation gap, like mm-hmm. with their, their parents, uh, you know, never mind their grandparents feeling like, uh, you know, tattoos like mean, like the fact that you have a tattoo means that you're a certain kind of person right. that I don't want you to be. Uh, and, you know, that, that is changing, which is a double-edged sword on one hand, like, uh, you know, like people don't have to worry as much about not being able to get a job because they have a tattoo. If they want a tattoo, like it is going to be okay. And like a lot more (laughs) spaces than it used to be at the same time, it's like diluting the, (sighs) the taboo charge or the effectiveness of it as a rebellious signifier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is something. I mean, I so I am 29. I've been getting tattoos since I was 17. So 12 years, just over a decade, really. That's not yeah. that long in the grand scheme of things. But I remember when I first started getting tattooed, I absolutely did not get tattooed because I thought it would be sexy or cute or stylish. I was getting tattooed because I wanted to be 
punk and scary and tough looking. <laughs> and um Which and, is all so obscured by your pants now. <laughs> right, right, right. Um so the so seeing yeah, and seeing women who were heavily tattooed was something I aspired to to be like because it was repulsive to a lot of people. Yeah. And and um it was very effective in that way then. Um and and still is in certain places. I mean, I'm talk I'm saying this from you know, Brooklyn and sure. New York. Um but living in Georgia was a place where you would get like Slurpees thrown at you from your car. Oh shit. Or, or you know, from <laughs> passerbys or like things yelled at you or like people following you in their cars. Um I mean even now. Because when you I had go tattoos? Home, uh just being punk or, or yeah. different in general. Yeah. Um, sure. But being tattoos was a big part tattooed was a big part of that. Um and even now when I go home, I'm by far the most heavily tattooed person I've ever seen in what, my, what do you go what do you go to Georgia? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I live in, I grew up in a college down there. Um, but yeah, I've never seen another person with as many tattoos, I don't think, there. Um, and so I, I remember pretty distinctly the, the time where there was the rise of things like Suicide Girls yeah. and Burning Angels. Totally. Um, that were trying to position being tattooed and body modded in, in yeah. various ways as a positive and, and sexy thing. Um, and so seeing the change between that and between now what's promoted as a sexy tattooed person image, which essentially is like a very traditionally hot, uh, you typically white person with many tattoos, totally uh, (laughs) a model with tattoos basically, um, is, is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, my like first porn love was burning angel and like part of it was, was it let me come on your tattoo uh that yeah that was that was a that was an early one yeah i i got the the first dvd that they did with hustler i think it's called joanna's angels uh and i and i loved it and you know and like part of it was that they were tattooed but uh, you know it's so funny because like it was less for me about like finding their tattoos sexy and more that like with being like tattooed girls came this like fuck you attitude that yeah and that was what I found sexy and like yeah for the most part they were like they you know they had like uh you know like skinny porn star bodies what does that even mean they like they had like conventionally they were conventionally attractive mm-hmm. women who like happened to like be tattoos or, or to who happened to have tattoos or have like septum rings you know right. or like like you know like <laughs> yeah. black bobs uh but uh but that was always sort of like my my critique of like Burning Angel and Suicide Girls and like a lot of that kind of thing was it was like well I I don't know the idea of like alt being like so like such a crazy and extreme form of porn but like uh you know they, they weren't like breaking any ground with like the kind of sex that they were depicting right. or like the kinds of bodies that they were depicting uh it 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 really was just like the body mods that they had and to a certain degree, like the attitude that they had, I think that I loved about them. I I liked that it was a little bit, uh, it it was a little more like self-aware and self-referential. It it seemed kind of irreverent, which was something that was different about it. Um, but Uh. yet, I mean, now it really has changed so much to the point that people, I mean, I can't tell you, how many times, even on, you know, like Fat Life or something, people will message me and they'll be like, oh, you must want to be photographed by me <laughs> or being asked to be photographed. And that's not, uh, it's really not something I'm interested in in that way. Uh um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, that we could like fill an hour just talking about this, but like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, well, I mean, maybe let's talk about what, why those things came to be what they what they are. Which I think, yeah. you know, with with the porn aspect, it was just capitalizing on something that already existed, which totally. was people 
people who did not have those things fetishizing right what they perceived them to symbolize you know like deviance uh an alternative sexuality like the cool girl right the like girl who's like the like you could like she has tattoos so she like probably will take it in the butt you know which (laughs) (laughs) which like you know it it probably you may not be wrong you know but uh, right like the idea that that uh that they'll do something different uh, you know, like I think that they're that, like edgier or more fearless or more wild or, more open or, or yeah, maybe yeah. you're a little intimidated by them and you're turned on by that. Right. Oh, um, yeah, definitely that. Yeah. And, and I think that the, the difference, uh, the larger the, the difference, like the perceived difference, the more fetishized it, it is. Like, I mean, just take a walk. Like I'll, I'll just tell you walking through like the financial district. Sure. I'm like, don't look at me. Please yeah. don't look at me. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I want my body to be appreciated as a tattooed body, but I, but that doesn't mean that I want to be looked at at every moment any more than somebody who doesn't have tattoos. And it really is the same, you know, with like any kind of adornment, even adornments that you can like take on and off, like your clothes or your shoes or your makeup or whatever. Right. Like, like just because you like adorn yourself to feel confident and glamorous that doesn't mean that you are asking for it it doesn't mean that people are then like entitled to like look at you in a certain way or like assume that you are that you like want to be want to be seen right and i think that that's part of why another part of why tattoos are fetishized the way they are people are drawn to them in the way they are is because when it comes down to it and it's it's most simple level it is your body and yeah. it is a point of access to your body that i think people people who are not so conscious of uh boundaries and privacy yeah. are very quick to seize upon um and i i yeah i we see that a lot in people using thinly veiled innuendo to talk to you about your tattoos like totally. oh i just love your body of work or well i mean the, i mean exactly i mean even like less like self-aware you. of that yeah absolutely touching i mean if people who are listening to the sound of our voices right now are not aware of the fact that like women in particular who have tattoos like have to deal with people thinking that you're like entitled to touch our bodies like don't touch the paintings in the museum <laughs> don't touch the art of my body it's my fucking body you know but but also like even less self-aware than like oh i really like your body of work you know i i mean i've been in so many situations where uh people and you know and sometimes it is like a like a a sexual gaze like from a man but also i have had an experience uh there's one particular experience that i like talked about a lot where i uh belonged to a gym uh and every time i would go to the sauna like the same like older ladies were there every day and they always wanted to talk to me about about my tattoos and like I like made it really clear that I was like there to like, like have some like quiet and some stillness or to like read or whatever. And they just like would not take a hint or even take me like being really clear with them. And they always wanted, you know, they wanted to learn every story behind every tattoo. And the thing that flabbergasted me about it was uh, that they didn't seem to like, make the connection that they were talking to me about my body. Right. That they, you know, in like, oh, like garlic, why do you have garlic? It's like, you are, you have just said that you are 
looking at my body and if I was like, oh, so like, what's the deal with like that, like scar in your belly or like, why are your toes like that? <laughs> People you don't know? make that connection. They think, they, yeah, they, they really don't. And I, I, I also was thinking about this earlier that I, tattoos, like you said earlier, they are adornment and I think that they fall somewhere in that gray area of, uh, of like a, Something that adorns the body but simultaneously reveals and accentuates the body. So I totally. think that it can be sexualized in the way that, like, sheer stockings are sexualized. Or, like, a right. semi-transparent top might be sexualized. Or it's something that you, uh, that, like, yeah, reveals and hides at the same time. But then people assume that if you are wearing, like, silk stockings or, like, wearing a push-up bra that you... That like now you're like available for consumption or, right. or that if you have tattoos that you're like, uh, I, you know, I want you to look at me and also like I am, yeah, that I'm now my body is available for consumption and it's just not, that's just not accurate. It's just not true. It's just not, it's not true. People have so many reasons for getting tattooed that are, that range from the unbelievably personal and private to ones that are totally banal and yeah. people need to understand that. I don't know if people are so aware of this, but I think subconsciously people do have in their minds the pain association with tattoos. Right. Because that's another, that's another form of uh, invasive question that I've gotten sure. from strangers a lot. Like, oh, so you must like pain. Uh, or like, oh, doesn't do that you, hurt? Or do you enjoy getting, you must enjoy getting tattooed. Or, that's so interesting. Uh, right. And it can be semi-accusatory or it can be uh, semi-titillated as Or like well. people will just jump right to like, they'll they'll see you have tattoos and then they're like, well, I could never do that because I think that it would hurt too much. I'll be like, cool. I definitely did not ask you. I like <laughs> don't care what your relationship is to pain actually. Right. Like, well, the relationship to pain thing is is interesting because I, like I said before, I, I tattoo a lot of kinky people and I've tattooed a lot of masochists, a lot of self-identified masochists. Yeah. And I don't know that anyone I've tattooed has enjoyed the feeling of getting tattooed. Um, and I think, I mean, kinky people are fantastic at receiving pain yeah. and they sit really, really well <laughs> for their tattoos. But I don't know... If anyone has really had an erotic experience while getting tattooed from me. Why do you think people are into getting tattoos? Why do you think people are into tattooed people? I think on a basic level, getting tattooed is a way to assert some kind of ownership or autonomy with your body. Absolutely. And a way to, to signify that. Absolutely. I think that... Um, there's a pretty, there's a pretty clear trajectory of, of that, of people using it in that way. Um, and I mean, that's why there, there's so much friction, right? With people who don't understand that wanting to have, use the tattoos as a way to, to, um, intrude upon, upon other people's privacy, because a lot of people for them, whether that's, you know, whether it's a, a body image thing, whether it's a, to in memory of someone who passed, uh, yeah, um, it can be a really radical act. I think to you know, for, in a lot for a lot, I have a lot of queer clients, I have a lot of trans clients, I have a lot of female clients, and I think that that's something um, that is important for people is to be able to make yeah. choices about what to do with their own bodies. Absolutely, um, I think there's a lot of significance to it visually. Yeah. I, you know, people choosing symbols to wear yeah. um, is as old as humans existing. Totally. Um, and I, making sort of like a like a commitment to an to to right. a symbol, you know, and and you know whatever happens in my life, I am going to like be committed to this moment in time when this symbol was important to exactly. me or to like have it as a reminder that something is important to me or, or, you know, wh whatever it is that it represents. And that choice is totally yours. Or that moment being as significant, if not more as the tattoo itself is over time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the idea of a rite of passage yeah. or, um, a ritual. Yeah. yeah. Ritual, ritualized tattooing. Um, and, 
so that I think is is a very brief scratching of the surface of the psychology of why people get tattooed. Um, but then I think sexual, you know, why people are attracted to tattoos. I, yeah. I do think that it still carries a lot of the taboo uh, yeah, with sure. it, um, which is going to be attractive no matter what. I think there, there will still people tattooed people will continue to find ways to make it taboo no matter how mainstream it gets. Yeah. And actually I just um, had this conversation with my friend Sally Rose, who's yeah. Zine I'm putting out um, about having to as as a tattooed person who started who set out to be anti-establishment with your body yeah as the standard or the the bar keeps changing for what is edgy how do you renegotiate your relationship to that uh do you have to tattoo your whole face do you have to color your whole arm black um do you have to tattoo your eyelids? What what does that look like exactly? Which totally. I think people are are figuring out now. Um, yeah, when you when you kind of when you make a decision to like make your body like uh, I don't like abject to you know the mainstream, and then all of a sudden the mainstream is like that's so cute. You're like no fuck you. Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel that every moment of every day. Sure. Sure. <laughs> People will be like, oh, my God, I love your style. It's, your tattoos are so cute. And I'm like, no, they're not cute, okay? <laughs> it's a reaper. It's not cute. <laughs> it's a scorpion. Man, it's tough. It's heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I I, I feel like I, I hear that echoed in um, for a lot of queer people, too, you know, like – right now in history, we're at this time where, like, even, you know, I'm, I'm 34 years old and uh, – when I was growing up, you know, speaking of abject, like, you know, being queer was, uh, you know, meant, meant something, uh, different than it does now, you know, Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, uh, the idea of not being discriminated against, uh, you know, in employment of being able to be like, to be out, uh, to have certain kinds of relationships to, you know, just be able to like say to people like, that you're queer, uh, right. uh, was totally different. And I, and I do get the sense that, um, some people are like, uh, you know, when you grow up having to deal with so much oppression and so, and, you know, people, uh, you know, shutting you out and, uh, and treating you like trash, uh, then you, you know, you, you kind of come to like develop a, an identity around like. Around all, otherness. Yeah. Around otherness. Yeah. And around like, uh, okay, cool. So like, I'm going to like come together with my other outsiders and we're going to fortify ourselves. And like your outsiderness like defines you and you, be, you like come to be proud of it. And then it like comes to define you and that, you know, even like, you know, the identity of queer is like a reclamation of right. a slur. Right. So, uh, and then, uh, and yeah, and certain style, I mean, like having half of my head shaved or, <laughs> you know, or having a septum piercing, right. Like, like, uh, you know, is like an indication, uh, of the kind of person that you are like both to, like we were talking about before, like to signal your affiliation to like other people who are like a part of that culture, but also to be like, keep out, like beware of dog, like, you know, (laughs) like I'm not for you. Yeah. 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 And then, and then when that changes, it's like, God damn it. You're like, oh, we have to look no. for new ways what to else rebel. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> I think it becomes more subtle. I think that it becomes more about nuance. Yeah. And, you know, and I, 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 I say this um, while also like being aware that, you know, when I was younger, a lot of that stuff was um, a lot of my like rebellion was like an axe that I had to grind. And I, I feel a little bit more like at peace with who I am and not like I have to constantly like, uh, like not like, like I feel less like I have something to prove at the same time because that was my experience. All of those cultural signifiers of being punk, of being queer, of being a pervert, 
uh, are a part of who I am. Like, even if I feel like less of a need to, uh, constantly, uh, prove it all the time or, or externalize it all the time, which right. I think can be exhausting. I'm, I've been feeling that a little bit lately. Sure. With, with the tattoos, you can't really turn it off. That's but. true. I mean, but okay. So that's also, I guess like part of the appeal both for tattooing oneself and in like your perception of tattooed people is just that it's a commitment. Like you're making a commitment to something like what, whether it's, whether it's a style, whether it's a symbol, whether, whether it's a story, uh, you know, you are like, and, and, and it's a risk, you know, you're risking the fact that you want one day might find your tattoo very tacky, you know, <laughs> like you are, you're risking the fact that you might be shut out of, you might not get a job because of your tattoos. You right. might like turn off somebody that you, you know, that you otherwise really like. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, I like don't like tattoos. Or I, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, who wants to date those people? But y- you know, I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you're in a situation where you're like alienated and you, you wish that you weren't, you're like making trouble for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Um, I think that's also, I mean, something that I've, I've noticed, especially among young people, since getting heavily tattooed has become more popularized, yeah. is that young people will get tattooed very quickly and they'll get heavily tattooed really quickly, which I think um, has a different psychological effect or right. it doesn't quite give them space to adjust to being othered mentally. Um, because I, I've been around younger people who, you know, were like 21, 22, had face tattoos, throat tattoos, and they would, be, you know, they'd be very indignant about being treated differently. Yeah. And in my mind, I'd be like, you chose this. This yeah. is a, cho- a choice that you made. Yeah. And welcome to the world of feeling othered, which some people do not have the choice to join or not join. Right. And this, to me, makes me think that this is the first time in your life you've and you've experienced this. It's a really, um, really good point. Yeah. Sometimes people are like kind of, I, I feel like what you and I are talking about is that like what one thing that you and I have in common is that in some ways like getting tattooed was like an expression of like, if like you can't fire me, I quit to the yeah. world. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if, you know, right. if, if the world is like, you seem weird, then we're like, yeah, like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm weird. Yeah, I'm Check weird. And let, yeah, and let me show you like exactly how weird I am on my own terms, on my own body in a way that I'm really committed to and in a way that I have to earn because as you mentioned, tattoos fucking hurt. <laughs> and, and you have to take care of them, right? Like we were talking right. about the, that before as well. Like you, you like... Her, you know, and you, you can't do it all at once. It's a time commitment yeah. as well. People ask me all the time how long it took me to get this tattooed. I'm like, 12 years. Yeah. 12 years of getting tattooed pretty much all the time. Yeah, not to mention the financial investment. I right. mean, you know, maybe maybe you're lucky enough to have a badass friend who will <laughs> tattoo a pink triangle on your middle finger like after, <laughs> you know, uh, the uh, November 2016 election. And, uh, you know, like uh, maybe you're, you're lucky like that. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, and maybe you have like, uh, you know, friends who are going to like drink H&H and like give each other stick and pokes. Uh, but... Most of the time, tattoos require an investment, mm. and, and they should, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, first of all, like, tattooing is an art, and uh, you got to do it right. And, uh, you know, it's surgery. Well, that's another way that I see tattooing changing now is because as... I, we're already seeing a, a, a backlash to the legitimization of tattooing. And, Interesting. And, uh, you know, because people now do understand tattoos as a as a social signifier, like in a, in a financial yeah. or, you know, in a, so like an economic sense. Right. Um, because people now know, Oh, tattoos are expensive. Nice tattoos are expensive. Right. So it's um, a status symbol. It, and um, people yeah. who, and normal people and people who have a, a lot of disposable income are choosing to, to show that through the tattoos totally. that they get or, you, totally. you know, it's like, you, I'll, I'll notice that. And you can do a quick sca- scan of it too. When, when you meet people, when you have a new client come in, sometimes you'll be like, oh, okay, I see. You're very serious about spending money on getting tattooed because I can see you have tattoos from this person and this person and this person. And I yeah. know what their rate is. Yeah. So, so I think people who are invested in being 
anti and being rebellious and having tattoos be a way to signify that are reacting against that in a way and, and wanting more homemade looking tattoos. I'm sure you've noticed there's a rise in like stick and poke tattooing. Yes, yes. Um, or, you know, homemade machine tattooing or, or tattoos that look a little more crude, like black work kind of tattoos. Yeah. Um, tattoos that look more hand-drawn, look more imperfect. It's so really interesting. I see that being a, a way that people are sort of... Uh, pushing back against the a very posh kind of sexy image of tattooing. Well, yeah, and you know, uh if you are if you're able to look at a tattoo and understand like differences in style and like aesthetics, you will also see like certain tattoos are yeah, like aesthetically designed to just like look expensive in the same <laughs> right. way that like right. some cars are meant to look flashy yeah. and, you know people the, people have like ferrari tattoos and i don't mean like tattoos of a ferrari <laughs> although that actually might be kind of cool um but like you know like the equivalent <laughs> of like something like a like a flashy definitely i hope my tattoos are like are like the matte black jeep cherokee tattoos. You know? <laughs> well i mean uh I mean, these things do also come down to a matter of taste, right? Like I see, you know, especially living in Brooklyn, like you do like see like a certain like, like class of new money yeah. that where, where it's like, uh, people who have come up in a time where tattoos like represent like an edge or they represent like, uh, you know, being artistic or being a creative class, like, uh, or even just being like a, like an urban person, like an elite <laughs> coastal, you know, yeah. country ruiner. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, but they, but they have money. And so then they have all of these like precise tastes and like home decor and like, you know, their fancy bicycles and their, you know, everything's curated in the everything's, same way. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so it is a matter of taste. Like I see those like tattoos that are like very symmetrical and like very like, uh, like controlled and, uh, aesthetically, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like, uh, I feel uh, it's just not my style. I know what you mean. Well, they say that you can you can't trust anyone that ha- only has good tattoos, uh, dude. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, and and then and then that gets into sort of like what you were saying before about when you look at someone, you know, tattoos are a language that you tell in your body that you tell with your body. But, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, there's, it's like a language that you're, that you're making of yourself, you know, because you're taking a symbol and like imbuing it with a, the meaning of, uh, of what it's meant to you. And so this is why, and we'll just like, I guess I'll just come to this now. I like have become so, so, so annoyed with people asking me the stories of my tattoos. And when I was younger, I was kind of like, well, if I didn't want people to ask me about my tattoos, then I shouldn't have gotten tattoos. Uh, And I've totally, (laughs) totally uh, come around from that way of thinking. It does come back to what we were talking about before with entitlement. But the thing that has really started to bother me is like the idea that people who because usually people who ask people about tattoos, like don't have tattoos. And so I, you know, really when somebody is asking me about that, they really actually like want to talk about themselves and it like reveals more about them than like an actual curiosity about me because nine times out of 10, what that person really wants to express is not, I'm curious about your life Mm -hmm. and your stories and more. I want to, express to you that I'm uncomfortable with something that I don't understand, which is why you would like put yourself through all of that Mm -hmm. pain to have this thing branded on you forever. And I want you to explain it to me in a way that like, I can understand like, Oh, it's like sentimental because it like represents like my dead grandma. Oh, okay. I can understand that. Now I can see like why you put why like you put yourself through that. And like, I don't know. Uh, that's also why I've like really enjoyed recently, like getting a lot of Friday the 13th tattoos where I like go in <laughs> and I like have one artist who I, I know that I like his work. So I know I'm going to like, uh, having his stuff on me and like looking in a flash and being like, I will get this pig 
today. I will get these crystals today. <laughs> no story. The story is the experience of going into getting to 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 get them, mm. and also like if it does mean anything, what it means is like giving yourself over to spontaneity and like not being so precious about like what every little thing means and that it has to have some sort of like platonic perfect meaning in order to be like worth being a tattoo. Yeah. But nobody, nobody wants to hear that story when they ask. So I've just taken to telling people that when they want to know the story behind my tattoos, I just tell them that I'm a nihilist and that that is why and that that, that usually shuts them up i've i mean i i'll lie to people i i if people ask me if i do tattoos depending on the situation i'll, I'll be like no i don't actually i just have a lot that's um, funny because people just want to tell you all about what they want to get how much is it going to cost they want right. your professional opinion and i'm like i'm not working right now i'm on an airplane dude i don't do tattoos sorry to disappoint you it's so interesting or, actually one time i was on a plane and this lady would just I could tell she just wanted to start in and she just really started going there. And, and it was at the very beginning of this, of a three hour plane ride. Okay. And I was, <laughs> and finally I was like, you know what? I actually got them in when I was in prison and I don't want to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she did not talk to me for the rest of the flight. Oh my God. I might actually might start, I might start using that. Um, you know, it's so interesting how similar that is to sex work. Like, it, it just in the sense that, like, people, when people find out that you're a sex worker in the same way, or that you've done sex work in the same way that when they find out that you're a tattoo artist, all of a sudden they just want to talk about themselves. They want to talk about <laughs> their feelings about sex or tattoos. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about, like, uh, oh, like, I could never do that. Yes. Whether it's... Yeah. Getting a tattoo or performing in porn, like, you know, or they want to talk about their kids. Like, oh, if my kid ever got a tattoo or performed in porn, you know, and it's like. That is so true. Yeah. Nobody, no, again, like, this is me, like, looking for who the fuck asked you, you know? Yeah, definitely looking for a window to cast some judgment or just. Or just to talk about themselves. They have a soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think, I've actually made this comparison before that to me, uh, I mean, I, I have not worked in a strip club personally, but I have a lot of friends who do sex work and who do that specifically. And it seems very similar to me, um, tattooing and, and stripping because there's a lot of, uh, having to create intimacy very quickly or create the illusion of intimacy very quickly. Sometimes, uh, in the space of like 15 to 30 minutes with somebody that you have never met before. Totally. Making them feel really safe, making them feel like their personal uh, story is being understood. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. You know, they're in a space where they probably feel a little bit physically uncomfortable or uh, a little hesitant, um, having to reassure them that they're okay, that it's going to be fine. Um, (laughs) You know, feigning interest in something that you might not be that interested in. Uh Um, Uh (laughs) Listening to them, talking about themselves. you know, also, tipping, like, tipping your DJ, tipping your shop assistant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, like, to the person who's getting tattooed, they are, like, fixated on on you and sort of, like, like, uh, like making, like, valorizing you and, like, seeing you as this sort of, like, divine, like, singular creature that is, like, doing this sort of, like, magic thing to you. But, like, they're just another client to you. You're like, oh, did I, like, I can imagine, like, somebody coming up to you in a bar and being like, hello, you tattooed me. Don't you remember? You'd be like, uh, like, I've tattooed, like. Oh, no, that's happened to me before. And I always do feel horrible because I'm really face blind, too. (laughs) And so I always feel like such an asshole. But, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I do think. I mean, there are so many power dynamics at play at play there, also. But tattooing in that way is also very performative. Um, you know, yeah. For example, you'll kind of read your client and say, "Okay, what?" It, it's a little different when you have clients who you ha- have long term and you become yeah. comfortable with each other and yeah. get to know each other a little bit. But you know, in a, like a walk in situation or a new client situation, when you think, "Okay, what what?" tattoo or hat does this person want me to wear do they want me to regale them with crazy stories of the weirdest tattoo i ever did and the craziest (laughs) client i ever had or do they want to be tattooed in total silence or do they want to tell me all about their feelings and have a therapy session
Thanks for listening to episode 44. Tune in on January 15th for part two. Follow at Tina Horns Ass on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And take a few seconds to write a review and tell your friends about the show. Visit wirepeopleintothat.com to subscribe to my newsletter and listen to our entire archive. As ever, Wire People Into That is produced and hosted by yours truly, Tina Horn. Our theme song is by Vivid Windows. This is their new track, Arteries. This is the fourth original tune that I have used in the four seasons of Wire People Into That, and I'm so excited to have a brand new song by them for you to enjoy. Vivid Windows, which is spelled VVD. WNDWS are from Oakland, California, and you can check out all of their music on SoundCloud. Our website was designed by Justin Levesque, and this project is exclusively supported by my generous and badass patrons. Get under my skin by pledging patreon.com slash Tina Horn. Until next time, I'll be pondering the friendship tattoo I want to get with you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.